Let's see. Here's a guy in his bedroom covering the last caress very poorly. But goddamn, he's feeling it. <laughs> this is the equivalent of me trying to use a computer. Oh, God. <laughs> My wife steps in and goes, stop, stop, stop. I got it. Like, I'll do it. You ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Thanks, Where Mr. I'm, uh, now look, here's a house full of bees. Like you think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Guns don't kill people. I do. That was sounding vaguely familiar for a second, but then the horns kicked in. I was like, I don't remember this song having horns, so I think you might have me completely stumped. The horn is actually a saxophone. Okay. Which should be the giveaway for that band. 90s uh, alternative. Like, you would have probably seen them on Craig Kilborn or some uh, late night show. Mm. I can't remember Bass who. player plays a two-string bass. Oh, God, God. Uh. All right, hit me. Morphine. Morphine. Yeah. One of my favorite bands from back then. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the, the, the sax was throwing me off. Yeah. That's such a departure because they wrote Yakety Sax, too, right? Back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. This is kind exactly. of more of uh, their darker material. A little bit, yeah. yeah. More yeah. on the uh, melancholy side. Um, that album was a, a blue album. But they, uh, yeah, they had that unique sound. Another band that made the sax not um, lame. You think of Kenny G. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the bass player only played a two-string bass. Uh Uh-huh. And he was a firm believer in, like, just, you don't need more than two strings. Was Butch Vig in Morphine? No, he was in Garbage. I think I'm thinking of Garbage, who's, like, a big-time producer. Okay. He produced uh, Nirvana's Nevermind. I got to look that up. So that guy died. The The singer is the bass player, and uh, he died, like, super, like, in his prime age, uh-huh. but it wasn't from drugs, which kind of is odd. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a total tragedy when he passed away. But, yeah. Hey, hey, how did he die? Um, Like, some freak accident, like, brain 
I don't know. I shouldn't. I shouldn't guess. Autoerotic asphyxiation. I believe so. I believe so. Actually, I think he tied himself to a tree and shot himself twice in the head with a shotgun. Well, when you got dirt in the cleanse, <laughs> it's just it makes you depressed, and you you, know, you tend to go that way. Butch Vig was in Garbage. Not Murphy, and I got those two bands mixed. Mark up. Sandman. Mark Sandman. How did he die? Let's ask. You think Sandman is two words or one? I'm going with uh, one. You're right. Uh, oh, he's actually 47. That's still in your prime. I'm not there yet. Heart attack. Hmm. Yeah. It, he was vaccinated. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Beat me to the punch there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Back dude, I, w- I woke up this morning still buzzing from our day yesterday, which is one of the best days that I've had. Uh, and so great. a long time because I always enjoy. We did a bunch of tactical training. I always enjoy shooting like quite a bit and just getting more familiar with you know getting better at things. Yeah, whatever it is. And uh, we were lucky enough to go to a place that we got to do some like legit tactical training. That was yeah. so. It just got like more and more fun. And the way that the day was structured, you start out with all this like super basic things, and. Uh, and then I had never sprinted with a weapon before. Yes. And obviously you need to know how to do that. So <laughs> that was awesome getting to do that. It was cool. Yeah. She was like, yeah, I thought that too. Like right before I was like, I don't. You're not supposed to run. With your I, gun. I you could to, fall I, and I have to think about how, like, how to do this. Or switching before uh, going back and forth between your primary and secondary weapon. Yeah. Like uh, intentionally like not loading your mags with a, with a bunch of rounds. You know, so it's like you have to learn. It's It's... You brought up a good point on the way home. It's like, it's kind of funny because we had learned so much. Like, it was so technical. I was mentally exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah. Because I think there's this complete myth, one that I even bought into, I don't know, five years ago. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, it's, uh, you go out and fire off some rounds and you learn how to aim and then you call it good. It's right. like, it's not, it's an instrument. So it's like... You had said, I think a lot of people think they're like, yeah, I have a gun, so therefore I know how to shoot a gun. And, yeah. and we said after that, yesterday, because everything was so technical, it was, I felt like I was in school all day. Totally. I mean, we well, essentially we were. were. We were. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, that's kind of the same. <laughs> Learn more than we ever did in school, by the way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> At least something useful <laughs> is the metaphor we use. I was like, yeah, it's kind of like buying a guitar, hanging on your wall. Going yeah. Like, yeah, I'm a guitar player. Like, you got to play like every day. Yeah. yeah. Like, you might know how to play one part of one song. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's the exact same anal- or, uh, ratio of people. Number of people that own a guitar, let's say number of men that own a guitar mm-hmm. in America is probably about the same as men that own guns. Right. Right? About 50%. Yeah. And the number of men who actually right. know how to play a song or, right. you know, a full, like, legit, like, actual song. Yeah is very small right. compared to that, you know, let alone have been in a band or, or yeah. something like that. And so, yeah, we were taking that next step of really, like, thinking about how would you use this weapon in all these different scenarios? Yeah. What if this happened? What if that happened? What if you had to sprint? What if you ran out of ammo? What if you your gun broke and you had to switch to your pistol? Or Yeah. And we didn't even get into, like... There's so, I mean, that was, that's the other thing. Like when you learn jujitsu, you start to, at first you're like, okay, I got this. And then you're like, oh my God, there's so much to learn. I'll never learn all this my whole life. Yeah. That kept happening yesterday. I was talking to a good friend of mine this morning who's been training forever. 
And I, cause I had a couple questions cause I'm trying to up my gear level you know, with some tactical stuff. But I was asking him cause he trains professionally down there all the time. He's all hooked up with the seals down there. I was like, yeah, dude, it's just, well, honestly, it's just like guitar or jujitsu or Muay Thai or, you know, it's, it's one of those things that the more you learn, the more you realize, like, there's so much to learn. Mm -hmm. It just, like, the chasm just keeps widening, you know, with every, like, little improvement. But the best part about yesterday is I had to clean up my pistol game, which is horrific Mm -hmm. for a while. And uh, to notice those, like, incremental improvements as you're doing it, is just it just gives you like a charge. It's so exciting. Totally. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I think uh, an- another similarity to training in martial arts, like after one week <clears throat> of training, even though you don't know anything mm-hmm. and you're obviously no good, you're better than most of the people you'll ever <laughs> yes. encounter. You know, assuming you're the same. Well, you're better at martial arts. You're probably better at fighting. Assuming yeah. all things being equal. Yeah. As far as height and weight and yeah, and I think it's also it's it's to draw again the similarity to guns and martial arts and to music or anything anything worth doing. You know what I mean? That you want to get better at is you have that beginning stage where you're making these like improvements like quick because you're learning things so quick. You know, it's like it's like the same thing. You could draw a parallel to a kid. I watch my kid. He just learns things like so quickly. Right. And then as an adult, you just become dumber and dumber <laughs> and your processing yeah, just becomes slower and slower. Yeah. It's, it's the, uh, there's this, there's this law of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. It's like the more you advance in something, the slower, or I think the more you fixate on the fact that you're like, you're not getting better. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, the, there's less of a, a wall with shooting. Yeah. Than there is with jujitsu. Yeah. Right. As you get older in jujitsu, it just gets so much easier to get hurt. Right. So much harder to get flexible and get stronger. Right. But with the with shooting, you're not really up against those physical restraints. There's less much. of a chance unless something goes horrifically wrong that you're going to w- miss work the next day. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> when you're <Yeah>. shooting. <laughs> Let's hope so. And the difference between it, though, that and music is that you're thinking while you're training with firearms, like, you're trying to get better than the person that you someday, God forbid, would have to go up against. Right. And they have a gun, but they've never trained with it. Yeah. Thank God you have, because it's not like with guitar, you go up against another guitarist, and they're going to kill you if they beat you at a guitar solo. Yeah, and unless you're in that weird. movie Crossroads. But right. <laughs> it's the only time lesser guitar skills have become so, fatal. Ralph Macchio? Ralph Macchio and Steve Vai nice. was, the, was the devil. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's uh, it was a very satisfying and interesting day. It's just to have my, I didn't the thing I don't think about. I mean, we did some legit kind of physical training, mm-hmm. but mentally, I was so fatigued at the end of the day because yeah. my brain was just like fully engaged, one hundred percent for a solid which, you know, seven eight hours of just yeah. fixating on these like little details. I think um, for people that are into firearms training, they don't realize, like, it's incredibly technical. They just think, like, oh, what? Like, you have, you know, you just hold up the sights and you shoot it. It's like, you know, it's so difficult to do. And then you get into the tactical training where you're, like, running around doing these things. And I didn't know fully, like, what we were getting into. I knew we were going shooting. No, I knew the place was legit. I knew the guy that was teaching us was legit. That's pretty much all I knew. I didn't know that until, like, 
two days before. I didn't know he... I definitely underestimated how legit this dude was mm -hmm. when he kicked me in the ass and started yelling at me. Yeah. <laughs> change your mag, change your mag. I'm like, holy shit. Get behind cover, get down, they're shooting at you. <laughs> so funny. It was awesome because what a great way to learn because you are training for scenarios that, you know, are going to be 10 times the stress of like what you're doing right now. But yeah. Yeah. It, it clicked for me like when we got out of our trucks. It was like, hey, I'm so and so. So, hey, welcome, guys. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, what are the four rules? What are the yeah. four rules of shooting? I'm like, oh, like putting us on the spot. Totally. Like, the four rules of gun safety that you have to know. Yeah. You, you, if you don't know these, you shouldn't, you shouldn't shoot. And, and we're like, uh, it's like uh, this, this, shoot, this. I, see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Can we I call knew my four-year-old. I know quick? we're talking about like my kid knows him down pat. <laughs> and he goes, and I remember he made some comments. Oh, good. All right. Good. Good. He, yeah. he, he said something like, I'd hate to like turn you guys around right now <laughs> before we even started. Yeah. He had to quickly measure us up. Like have yeah. they ever, do they really know what they're doing or cause he had talked also, he, they were telling us at like lunchtime that they had done some other events up there and, yeah had a lot of people up there and not everybody knew what we know and we don't know that much, but right. someone shot the ground. Yeah. Walking around. Can you imagine being in that? Oh my God. I'd probably leave. Yeah. I'm like, I am not cut out for this. A ton of people up there and someone shoots the ground on accident. I'm going to go to town, get you guys some sandwiches, <laughs> have fun amongst yourselves. And then the next thing he did, he puts on his tactical belt and he goes, okay, first thing, here's the tourniquet. Here's the first aid kit. Right. Here's the nearest hospital. Here's what you do. And I've started thinking like, what are we doing today? Like, uh -huh. it seems like pretty intense. And I loved it. Yeah. It, was, it was great, man. It was intense. I felt, I felt really lucky and really blessed to be there. And yep. I learned so much, man. It was really nice. Yeah. Looking forward to the next one. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, so you want to get into that, uh, yeah. that stuff? Let's so, do it. You want to say it? Oh, up? yeah. Let me, uh, before I do that, let me use ye old uh, soundboard here. Good morning. So, last... So, this is kind of a part two to the guest. Last last podcast, we had a guest on um, who brought up a story after we stopped recording. Uh, luckily, we started recording again mm -hmm. um, because the story was pretty crazy. Which was so funny because... This was with my buddy Doug, who I've been friends with for uh, over 20 years, one of my best friends. And they stayed with us, him and his wife, M, stayed with us the, uh, for the night. And the night before, he had told me that story, uh -huh. which I hadn't heard before. And I'm going to do forever. I was like, that's crazy. Holy crap, dude. Like, I can't believe you haven't told me this before. He's like, yeah, it's like something I'm kind of not supposed to talk about. But enough time has passed. I think I can talk about it now. Then we do the podcast, have this good time. We end up turning it into a gun podcast, mm -hmm. and we stop. And I'm in the bathroom peeing behind us, and uh, Doug's like, yeah, you want to talk about that one thing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not really. Like, we, like, what was it? And he brought it up. And then after you heard it, you're staring at me like, how could you forget to bring that up? <laughs> how did we almost not yeah. do that? <laughs> so uh, I believe this is it right here. You didn't... Uh, make any audio for it did you no okay so we're just gonna play the segment that we recorded it's about 15 minutes long and we'll chime in where we think uh it's worth chiming in but i think we'll just kind of let it speak for itself for let's the most it. part um i will say that so actually let me let's see should we talk about the uh the poll the our unofficial poll 
uh, now or after? Um, Let's set it up because... Okay. Um, so basically, he, he's talking to us about the JFK assassination. And um, I personally have never really known a lot about it. And since that interview that we did with him, I've been obsessed with it. And right. Trying to just take in as much information as I can. And um, I realized that most of my knowledge about it came from the movie JFK by Oliver Stone. Uh-huh. And I remember that movie came and out in 1991. You, right, came out in 91. And did you re-watch that? Yes. Okay. I did. I still don't think I've seen it to this day. You quote that movie. Oh, really? When you say uh, back into the left, back into the oh, left. Oh, is that from that back movie? Back into the left. It's, yeah, it's, uh, what's his face? Uh, who's the actor? Uh, I haven't seen the movie. <laughs> Yellowstone. Uh, oh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. Yeah. Um, he's playing the DA from New Orleans, who okay. is the only person to ever take anyone to trial over the JFK assassination. Really? Yes. Interesting. Real guy. True story. And actually, that book was or movie was based on uh, two books. One is called Crossfire, um, and the other one was called uh, On the I think On the Trail of Assassins. Mm-hmm. Um, the On the Trail of Assassins is a long book. And Crossfire is a short book, so okay. I read I read Crossfire. <laughs> <laughs> Just didn't have time, and I don't read good. Um, and so, uh, anyways, uh, he is talking in the trial about the bullet hitting Kennedy in the front uh-huh. of the head, right? And that's when he goes back into the left, back into the interesting, left. interesting because I back stole into the left. I stole that from Bill Hicks. Bill Hicks put that in his uh, comedy routine. He tells this whole joke about uh, going up to the uh, book depository. He goes, okay. yeah, it's it's incredibly realistic, mostly because Lee Harvey Oswald isn't there. Right. <laughs> and, he, and then he goes back into the left. Nice. Back into the left. Uh, that guy was Bill Hicks, man. Bill Hicks was the best. probably the greatest. So where was I? Um, that's where we... You know, that's kind of where, where all this came from was this interview that we did with Doug. And uh, we did a poll. We'll talk, let's talk about our results of our poll after. Okay. But, uh, we did a unofficial poll. Matt and I texted just about everybody we could think of to get. And then we had a few other people do the same thing to get some opinions on who you think killed JFK. And what's interesting, I'm sorry, now I'm remembering why I brought that up. So I watched that movie, mm-hmm. JFK, and that's where I got all of my kind of knowledge about right. JFK, but it was in 91, I was a kid. Yeah. And I remember at the time hearing how ridiculous that movie actually was, that Oliver Stone was just making stuff up and being, yeah. but it turns out you go back and watch it and read these books and look at all of the evidence since then, like, no. Right. It was basically a documentary. Yeah. That movie. And I'd also like to maybe add something that the reason why that we, at least, I don't know, you can speak for yourself, but when, um, the reason I felt compelled to ask the question, start texting random friends, the most diverse group of people I could think of yeah. um, that still talk to me, and, <laughs> and, just, and just ask, like, who do you think killed JFK? Mm-hmm. Not that I'm not interested in who they think killed JFK. I'm interested in the psychology behind a, of people that are willing to entertain, like, like alternative ideas, I guess, mm-hmm. or... Um, theories about what happened mm-hmm. and was mostly interested 
and we'll get into this later, of the people that just wouldn't touch it. It's like, yeah. it's verboten. I was like, I'm, I'm not talking about this. Yeah. I'm not talking about this with you. Right. Which I thought was very creepy uh-huh. to me and a little eh, disappointing. It's also interesting how many people, well, we don't know this, but may have gotten their opinion from a movie mm-hmm. that they'd seen, yeah. such as myself. Right. Because one of the answers that we got, I, I felt like correla- correlated uh, closely with the Irishman movie that mm-hmm. came out, which I, I, are we sure that was the right movie? We looked into that, right? Yeah, I think, they, they I think say the Irishman Hoffa. is based on Jimmy Hoffa, okay. from what I believe. Right, and so that's, you know, people think <laughs> the mob. It's so goddamn killed. long, I was like, I, 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 <laughs> it wasn't good. I was expecting, I was expecting Casino. And, uh, uh-huh, yeah, it's disappointing. All right, so uh, I guess that's a good uh, intro. Without further ado, here we'll... Uh, so I was telling Matt... Um, Hold on a second. Okay. Now, this is something the other tour guides won't tell you. So, I was telling Matt last night as we were barbecuing, um, what you call barbecuing here in California. Uh, <laughs> oh! What, what we call... Shots fired. What we call grilling out. I, I, have, <laughs> I have no argument against you, sir. Okay. I've been to Texas with you many times. Yeah. Um, many a barbecue. If, and... if there's not smoke going for at least, yeah. like, four hours, it's not a barbecue. So... Um, my dad, uh, this, I mean, I think all this is good to say. He's not going to hear the podcast. He would be upset if he knew I was telling you all this stuff, but my dad, um, was the chief deputy of the Dallas Sheriff's department during the Kennedy assassination. He witnessed the Kennedy assassination. Say that again. He was the chief deputy. Chief deputy, yeah, under sheriff's department. Yeah. Under Sheriff Decker in Dallas. Yeah. So he was Sheriff Decker's like right hand man. So and he witnessed the he witnessed the assassination first day. Mm-hmm. I I was not born. I'm not that old. You can't but see we're using dad, your finger quotes. My, I yeah. see no finger quotes <laughs> in yeah. the room. No, my my dad, um, you know, helped lead the investigation for the sheriff's department. Wow, Dallas. He's in the Warren Commission reports. If you said um, nothing else, I would be in amazement of that. Yeah. Alone. So and there's not much here. Here's the scary thing. I'll just preface the whole thing. And this is why I don't know more than I do is my dad. We me and my brothers have been trying to get him to tell us stuff about the assassination. Um, bef- as, as much as possible as he will. And he won't tell us. Wow. His stuff has slowly come out. He's in his 90s now. Shit. So he's much way, he was way too old to have me whenever he did. Yeah. Um but uh he he will not tell us much about it. He's very tight lipped about it, and we've tried to get him like, hey, write down what you know, put it in a safe deposit box, we won't open it until after you're dead. He's like, No, because I know it'll put your life in danger. No shit. Yeah. He's like, they'll never release what happened. He goes, It doesn't matter if they're telling you they're gonna release what happened, they will never release everything that happened. So I'll just go through some of the stuff that he's told me before. Okay. Um, one, well, this, this one, I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, um, my mom and dad had briefly got back together and, um, they were divorced and we were in our house watching, uh, JFK, the, the, the movie JFK, Oliver Stone. Mm-hmm. My dad is pacing back and forth between behind the couch while we're watching. It's just like weird. I'm like. This is, like, they, kind of near the time the movie came out. Yeah, whenever it first was out, like, at Blockbuster or whatever, we rented it. So he's pacing back and forth, and at a certain point, I've never heard my dad raise his voice. 
Never heard him cuss, nothing. Um, you know, he goes to church every Sunday, like very uh, religious, you know. Something my son will never say about me. <laughs> and so he just, he all of a sudden just goes, this is fucking bullshit. And like goes out of the house, slams the door, pills out of our cul-de-sac, like in his car. Whoa. And he's gone for like okay, two, three hours. For a sec. Okay, I was going to so yeah, on that too. Because this is where you and I had, we saw this differently. Now, I think I was benefiting from the fact that I, I had this conversation with him last night. Uh-huh. But you took him saying that as what? Well, I I don't I don't know. It could be two things, right? Right. So at first I thought, okay, so he didn't like um, what they were saying in JFK the movie because it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. He knows the truth, and this is all fucking bullshit. Meaning it's all lies about what actually happened. Which is how I took it. And he stormed out. But then I was thinking about it, and it's like, he's been hearing lies about the JFK assassination his whole life. His name is in the Warren report. Yeah. It's all been lies. Why was all of a sudden, you know, this the thing that caused this man who never said a curse word, was a totally, you know, calm, never raised his voice. Right. Cause him to say this is fucking bullshit. Slam the table, leave, peel out, and like leave in, the, in yeah, his car. Right. So I think it was so close to the truth that he was like, "This is bullshit. That this is happening because people are going to get hurt. This is going to not be good. People are going to suffer because of this truth coming out." Gotcha. Because that was his biggest fear with telling his family about it. Yeah. And he would be or, upset or, if, or if not Doug, telling him. Well, his fear of telling them right. would be that they would be in, in danger. Yeah. Right. Them knowing the truth would put them in danger. Yeah. So. So that took me a while when you and I had talked about that. I was like, I don't, I don't understand. I had missed you because we talked on the phone about I it. I miss you too, dude. I was <laughs> glad to be back in, in your presence. Yeah. We're going to take a short break here, folks. <laughs> Come back in about uh, 17 minutes. Um, that, uh, when you were saying that, I was like, I don't understand. How could you be missing his point? It seemed so obvious. I think in a roundabout way, you were saying kind of the same thing that I was. But we were both driving at the, the, the same ends of it. Because I was seeing him. Uh, I think the, 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 the median between what you're saying and I'm saying as a guy, it's just like, this is all fucking not like I know I saw what happened and no one's talking about like the truth of what actually happened. I saw it with my own eyes. I know what happened. I was part of the Warren commission. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he, I, he seemed to be just and this, the overwhelming reality of the situation right. hit him so hard there. Yeah. And he'd had, he couldn't, it broke him for a second. Right. And he had to leave the house because it sounds like, and, and this is, I guess <laughs> where probably the miscommunication came from is that I hadn't seen that movie. I just assume like uh, I'm. I'm guessing they just did a theatrical version of whatever the approved narrative was at that point. Uh, and then I talked to you afterwards, and it turns out that's not the case. No, that's quite the opposite. And then the more stuff that I did, like the more I looked into it, just like you did, and I was like, "But there's these levels above of like possibilities of mm-hmm. like why this why this would have happened." Yeah. But it sounds like uh, between us and Oliver Stone and Doug's dad and Doug, we're at least at the point where, like, it wasn't just Lee Harvey well, Oswald. Imagine being Doug's dad and for all these years yeah, having to keep inside that you know that not only was everything that was being said a lie, 
But on top of that, the country that he loved and served as a sheriff, mm -hmm. that there was a military coup, military style anyways, a coup took place. The president was murdered, and he knew the truth and couldn't say anything about it. Right. And all that pressure it was just, just had to be bottled up all those years. And now here he is watching, let's just assume for the sake of what I'm saying, that it was the exact truth of what had actually happened there. Yeah. And it's being like released to everybody. It must have just been like yeah. too much for him to handle. It would get me, for sure. Three hours. Holy shit. So then all of this stuff, and I will, I'll, I'll send you a picture of this article. Mm -hmm. um, so then all this stuff, whenever that happened, you know, it kind of revived the, the JFK stuff. Mm -hmm. So there was this weekly world news type. Um, you know, I think we kind of jumped the gun there for our audience mm -hmm. uh, because they don't know. We did. Doug hadn't said yet that his dad uh, had uh, witnessed or had known the truth about what had happened. Uh -huh. But yeah, this is this is just the tip of the iceberg. Like, he, yeah, he tells us right now, like all of these facts and all this evidence of what actually happened that day from a firsthand perspective. Well, I guess secondhand from us, but still, just right, insane type publication and i can't remember what's called maybe the sun that had woody harrelson and woody harrelson's dad like on the cover because you know that's one of the theories Woody right. harrelson's dad was the assassin um so but in that article it said thanks to deputy sheriff my dad's name um we may never know the truth so it says he let the three hobos go mm -hmm. um uh, without taking any information on them. Mm -hmm. So that's like a real famous thing. There was three, the three men that were right. arrested by the railroad track, um, by the guy in the tower saw, you know, they arrested them. CIA. So I didn't know about the hobos. Yeah. And so I went back and then, but they talk about it in, in JFK, in the movie. Oh, do they? Uh-huh. Find out anything on those hobos? Photographer from the Dallas Times Herald got some great shots of them. Never published. Can't say that comes as a surprise anymore. They took him to the sheriff's office and they let him go. No record of him ever being questioned. Take a good look, Chief. Any of them look like the hobos you remember? These two look pretty young. Not a single frayed collar, a cuff, new haircuts, fresh shave, clean hands, new shoe leather. Well, who the hell are they then? Hi, Susie. Hello. I'm, Come I'm on, sorry sit down. I'm late. And so they said, so thanks to the sheriff, <laughs> the Dallas Sheriff's Department, they uh, and thanks to they named Doug's dad, yeah, specifically, right. They uh, they had to let him go, or they that he screwed it up and let them go and didn't question him. And so the Dallas Dallas Sheriff's Department. So I did some digging on this, and there's a guy named Corey Hughes who does a podcast called Day Zero, as well as a few other ones. But he came on to Charlie Robinson's Macroaggressions, and he just finished a book on JFK. We're not going to do all this right now because we need to keep going through this. But he did some deep digging on – he basically shows the receipts that those hobos were CIA agents. Okay. Because he goes, it's this it, – with the names. He's like, okay. it's this guy, this guy, this guy. This is their th – these are their names. Mm -hmm. And then when everyone threw the Dallas Sheriff's Department under the bus is they uh, – you know there was no notes, allegedly, no notes taking when they interviewed Lee Harvey Oswald? 
I believe there's either no notes taken. No, they were taken. They were taken and then destroyed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Is what had happened is when they, um, when the Dallas Sheriff's Department, you know what I mean? When they said, like, you just let these guys go. It's like the, the feds came in and said, like, we need everything you have on this. They're like, where's all your paperwork? We're like, where, like where's the names and everything? Like, it was all taken from us. We, we yeah. did our due diligence. We did what we were supposed to do. Right. They came in here, took everything. And then they threw it, threw them under the bus. So yes. like, no, they 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 uh, they just released them. Didn't do any paperwork or anything, which is against all law enforcement protocol totally. for a situation, especially it, when the president just got you, murdered. If you want to sabotage the case, then do that. Yeah, right. Because nothing is admissible in court then if right. you don't have this like no, detailed notes, like no tracking everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but in that article. It said, thanks to Deputy Sheriff, my dad's name, um, we may never know the truth. So it says he let the three hobos go mm-hmm. um, uh, without taking any information on them. Mm-hmm. So that's like a real famous thing. There was three, the three men that were right. arrested by the railroad track, um, by the guy in the tower saw, you know, they arrested them. And then they just disappeared. There's no, nobody knows what happens to them. Nobody knows their name. There's no booking information, nothing. Well, my dad's the one that took those guys Sounds into like custody. Um, Never heard of him. He says the reason that there is no information um, in the reports about them is because the federal government came in instantly and just took everything. He's like, they came in and took all the files. Nothing. There's, yeah, we don't have anything because they took it all. Right. You know. So if if that exists, the federal government has it. Um. So that that's a crazy thing. Um, one time my stepmom was at the museum with my little brother, and and they're looking through the cases. This is at the sixth floor museum um, in the book depository. There's a museum downstairs, um, and it's. I heard. Um, I heard that that because you can go and visit that. Yeah, and I heard it's crazy, crazy accurate with all the details. Um, the most accurate detail being that. Uh, the Otter Oswald's on the, not up there. <laughs> Recycled that <Yeah>. joke. So, <laughs> that's right. So the, they're in there looking at photos, and, and my little brother, is, when he's a little kid, is asking questions, and the guy comes over and he's like, who, who are you guys looking for? And she's like, oh, I'm looking for my husband. You know, oh, who is he? You know, I tell him, like, we've been trying to get hold of him. We have some questions for him. So they go into the office. This is the same thing my stepmom has told me this, you know, since then. They call on the landlines before cell phones, mm-hmm. and she at, starts asking questions, and he's like, what are you talking about? Where are you? And she's like, I'm at the <laughs> museum, and they want to talk to you. you feel and that? she said she's never been scared of anything my dad has told her before, but all of a sudden he's just like, put down the phone. Don't answer another question. Don't talk to anybody. Just walk out. Don't tell them anything about me. Wow. And she said she was the, the tone of his voice, everything. He she was so afraid she just like dropped the phone and walked out. Yeah. With my brother and the, the guys like, where are you going? Where are you going? You know, like that's how serious my dad takes this stuff. Damn. Wow. So um, he says the shot came from the grassy knoll. That's where he heard. That's actually what he told the Warner. Boy. Back and to the left. Um, he he actually said, you know, uh, the shot came there, but I was later informed that it came from the book depository i think that's what you know that's paraphrasing what mm-hmm. he said in the warren report um um yeah i mean it's, it's just like a lot of crazy stuff like that i'm trying to think of that is wild it's pretty impressive that the whoever pulled this off was Got were, so many people to stay quiet is the first thing i always think yes about. yeah 
And we're able to perpetuate this <coughs> the the story that we all know, which is that Lee <coughs> Harvey Oswald was the lone gunman. Yeah. And do so much to keep that going this long after. Like yeah. there's been so much that's come forward and then it's still just going. Like this this narrative. Okay. You know, hold on. Go, go, Let go. me go first. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about that recently that um, <clears throat> when you're when you're doing something wrong when you're working out, let's say, because I've been going to a physical therapist lately for some uh, shoulder stuff, and he'll point out, like, oh, you're everything's looking good, but you're doing this wrong. Mm-hmm. Correct this, and then everything will be, you know, in, in the right position. And then on this other exercise, yeah, correct that. And then you're... And that's, I think, how people think of the JFK murder. Is that, yeah... Uh, well, most most okay. normies. How so? Not not you and me. Yeah. But most normies, like, well, there were some things that were done wrong, but you know that that just needs to be corrected, and we should do you know a little bit better job with our our government should do a little bit better job, and that is not the case. Right. What is actually happening is our country is being stolen from us. There may not be another thing that you could point to that is so significant. Maybe uh, the creature from Jekyll Island uh, makes a a better argument for this, but the assassination of a a democratically elected president who then, everything that he was going to do got undone and did the opposite. I mean, is there any greater, like, example of the wool being completely pulled over our eyes or the rug pulled out from under the American people than that. It's not like we need to tweak a few things and fix some form here. The right. whole fucking system was corrupted and there was a, a coup right. perpetrated on the American people right. at that point. You are providing such a great segue because right, right when Doug was talking about that, this is these are the thoughts that started like entering my mind. Mm-hmm. Is I started thinking about that what I gravitate like, because we've been thinking about this. We did this interview last weekend, so you and I have been kind of marinating on it all weekend, yeah, all week rather. And what stood out to me is what usually happens is the psychology behind the people that refuse to even entertain that some of these things might be true, and yeah. I believe that they are true. That is wildly fascinating to me, and the more I thought about it, it kind of hit me this morning a little bit, to be honest with you is that <clears throat> it all it all goes back to the religion of statism because what we're talking about it's like so if if these things so we have these just like 911 let's just say the narrative let's just say it's true hypothetically for now there's a lot of unanswered questions like explain this explain mm-hmm. this explain that they were warned before 9-11, that the planes were going to hit, that the, that the Patriot Act was written way before. Questions that, that we will be asking, by the way, uh, <laughs> next weekend yes. when we do our 9-11 yeah. episode. That jet fuel melts steel beans, but not passports for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and you get this aggressive pushback. And it's always surprising to me, like the way, the vitriol you get just by like bringing this up as a conversation to some people. And you realize like... Oh, I'm making fun of your God. I'm making fun of, I'm poking fun at your religion. I'm not, I'm at, you know, I'm poking holes in the foundation of your, right. basically, your your religious fundamentalism. Yeah. And because when you view the state as your religion, which so many people around us do unknowingly. They don't realize they're doing it. Right. They've never thought about it before. They haven't thought about it. But, but the same. No, no internal dialogue. If you're, uh, if you are a devout 
Catholic, let's say, and maybe it's in like um, the 1600s, mm-hmm. a time when it was everything. Right. right. Today it's not the same, but and somebody tried to make you doubt that. Just I mean, the sheer terror of that not being true would overwhelm you. Yeah. Right. It shatter, what? It shatter your entire world. Yes, and yeah. that's what's happening with people when you right. Question. That's what I was driving at. What's yeah. going on yeah, with for sure. the JFK assassination? It's like you have to come to terms with the fact that everything that you thought was true mm-hmm. is it, everything that you thought was sacred right. is not sacred. The people that told you to trust them, you cannot trust anymore. It's what drives me nuts. Is it's it's uh, it's it's just same fucking <laughs> template every fucking time. It's the fucking JFK, and it's going to Iraq, and it's going to Syria, and it's going to Yemen. It's the fucking Nord Stream pipeline. It's like. There's a very easy fucking math that you can do, right? Who, qui bono, who benefits? Most likely, they did it. Follow the money. I don't know if you don't understand Latin. That's the only Latin phrase I know, I by, the way. by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, follow the money. Who would benefit the most by this thing? And you look at, like, who wanted JFK dead? The CIA and the American government, right? Mm-hmm. And we can get into that. We will. But, but it's, it's, you know, you go into, like, Putin blew up his 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 one piece of leverage over Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. right? As a false flag, does that fucking make sense to you? Well, no, that's that's what they're saying. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's he- what they're saying. That's fine, but you believe it because you're a fucking moron and you have no <laughs> internal fucking dialogue and you don't critically think about anything. Like you are unwilling. You're input only. You're you're just you're. It's like, dude. Well, <laughs> it's it's where I agree with Yuval Harari. You're a fucking useless eater. Like you don't like do some goddamn thinking for yourself. Please. I and I hope that they do, and uh, they don't take offense to you just calling them useless okay. because it's like telling these people that were Catholics in the 1600s that they have to give up their religion. It's terrifying. Other than that, I don't really have a lot of thoughts on this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, where were we? Okay, it just keeps going. And and I mean even like. You know, Trump under Trump, which I, I am, I'm not left Here or we right. Go. I'm, I'm not. I'm an, anti-state. I'm anti-state. You're on the wrong podcast, yeah. brother. <laughs> we are Republicans through and through. And and so, like, I I think you know, Trump was going to release all the files, and like he added, he extended the time. He said he would, yeah. and then he lied, and then he says he's going to this time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure okay. He also hold your breath. He also banned bump stocks, which. Set a precedent for them to ban everything. Don't so. get us started on how much yeah. we hate. So, okay. What's interesting to me though is that to go back to the question that you were bringing up is that, like, how? I mean, this is a psyop of the the magnitude is insane of yeah. like the amount of people involved, the amount of people like you know, you have your grilling your dad for questions. He won't He's talk. Like, no, I'm not going to talk. The about fact it. that he won't talk is incredible. Yeah, he said he says it will put our lives in danger. But what's insane to me is that when we find out about these, we can call them false flags or psyops or, or whatever they are, is that when the, there's, there's like a second stage of the process, which is what I'm most interested in, because I don't believe, like I fully believe there's just complete fuck. Our CIA has been murdering democratically elected leaders all over the world for Why would they not for do our almost own? a yeah. century, yeah. for over a century actually. Not here. And, yeah. And so when you see about this, you know, when Tucker Carlson comes out with it, for example, like, uh, I'm glad to see it on a major media platform like this, but yeah, I kind of, that's kind of what I already thought, you know, yeah. anyway, but um, the second stage of that PSYOP where we can get everyone in the world, the rest of the population to just kind of shrug and go along with it, you know, and we were talking about this this morning, well, 
is it, is it obvious to you that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself? Yeah, it's pretty, it's, it's like, pretty obvious. Pretty obvious he was murdered. And, and everyone just kind of shrugged and like, well, what are you going to do? Moving on. Let's just hide like, that is, there's That's the second stage of the, the PSYOP yeah. that is so fascinating to me. The exact same thing is going to happen when it eventually comes out what actually happened to JFK. People are going to shrug and just move. yeah 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 or, everybody involved be dead so who are you going to prosecute or even go back to the 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 left versus right thing is you know we had half because remember we talked about this before we had half the population saying like who said that Tucker Carlson well CIA definitely didn't kill JFK then yeah, yeah. it was Lee Harvey well, okay. has anyone reached out to you guys like I Tucker want this Carlson explained or? to me I want this explained to me what I was talking about before is the people that just have the immediate reaction to like block this part of life out that the possibility that the CIA murdered JFK. Like, I, I don't, don't, I, I like, I'm, I'm not being snarky. I'm not trying to be a dick. I don't I like, I don't understand the people. And when you bring it up, like they get angry with you. Well, we'll talk about it when we talk about the poll. Okay. Because I, there's, there's, People take into account who the question is coming from, mm-hmm. and that kind of um, colors their response. Yeah. Right? And we were asking the question, and they know who we are and what we stand for or whatever, and yeah. I think that colored their response. Right. But it also it goes back to the, the, the religion thing. You know, you, yeah. can't, you can't have any chinks in the armor or else, uh, excuse me, um, dents in the armor. Weak, weak points, uh, because as soon as you do, then everything can. There's an opening. I take out all the racism in post. <laughs> Good. Okay. There's an opening for everything just to fall apart. Right. And I think that's it. It's that simple. It's it's so much easier to be stubborn. And for I, mean, I get it. For a lot of people, like the world is overwhelming right now. Right. And you introduce something else that's just gonna make them question reality, like. It's, I mean, you and I suffer sometimes. I've actually had people question me, like, how do you stay healthy, like, mentally doing all the research that you do for the podcast? Do I I look mentally healthy to you? (laughs) (laughs) Have you listened to the podcast? I think people suffer, you know, it's, it's really, you're asking a lot for people to completely change their faith. And I... Yeah, I, you I, do I, have to cut them some degree of slack. I think I had a long conversation. People come around. They yeah. it, not everyone is going to be f- this way forever. People do come around. It's it's a balance. There's a tight rope. You got to you know. This is why uh, I'm lucky enough to spend so much time, the bulk of my life outdoors, where I can just like marinate on these things and think about them and and flush out ideas, the internal dialogue, mm-hmm. just like having these conversations. And, but then I always, at the end of the day, I say, I always tell myself, like, you have an obligation when you walk into your house with your family to be happy and be pleasant. You know what I mean? So work this out now, like while you're shooting your bow or shooting guns or out on a run or, you know, whatever it is, working. Drinking yourself into an oblivion. <laughs> yes, sitting, sitting alone <laughs> in a dive bar. <laughs> but I would much rather, the awareness is so valuable to me. Mm-hmm. And it's so much more interesting. And we've had these conversations where <clears throat> I watched you and another friend debate whether gravity existed <laughs> on my front porch. <laughs> and it went on for close to an hour. And I got to be honest, uh, as I, was, I was like, 
they're both making pretty good cases. <laughs> not, I was like, I was like, either way, this is not true. Either way, this is one of the more interesting conversations <laughs> I've ever heard. And then you leave here, you know, and you go out into the world. And this is what I was talking about my friend earlier today. And, and someone says, uh, "Yeah, did you hear? Uh, you know, they're going to indict Trump." And I'm like, <laughs> "Who gives a shit?" <laughs> <laughs> I can't walk out of this conversation into this fucking like. Trivial drivel that this that means nothing. Gold jacket, green jacket, who gives, <laughs> gives a, a shit? <laughs> Dude, I, I actually watched Happy Gilmore last night. Oh, really? <laughs> like half of it as I fell asleep. <laughs> Man, when your wife's out of town, you do some. I get crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys like Tucker Carlson or? Um, no, I mean, I mean, it's because uh, so I just asked him, let me back that up just a hair well, here. Tucker uh, Carlson. Well, CIA definitely didn't kill JFK then. Yeah. yeah. It was Lee Harvey well, Has anyone reached out to you guys like Tucker Carlson or Um No, I mean I mean it's weird that because your story is worthy of Well well what's being weird on is, a national What's weird is like whenever my dad like whenever that newspaper thing happened, um and I'll send you a picture of that article um mm-hmm. for for the you know, um that that implicated my dad as part of the assassination plot or whatever. Right. I mean, maybe it was. I don't know. It was a thirty second. <laughs> it was a thirty second degree Mason. So, uh, oh, shit, dude, you should have led with that. <laughs> Obviously. So, so um, yeah, he's we're Scottish. Back some layers. He was like the Scottish Rite Shriner guy, you know. So, um, but but uh, the where was I going with that? I'm sorry. Oh yeah, the the article. Whenever it came out, we had lawyers reaching out to us like, yeah. oh you you could get millions. Like you could get millions. Like they just implicated your dad in the right. you know, shoot in the murder of JFK. Like you can get, sue them. My dad was like, no, hang up on them. Don't talk to them. I don't want anything from this. Like, I mean, my dad was scared. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, you know, lawyer saying you can get millions and he's like, nope. Yeah. You know, millions is a lot actually. Cause yeah. I've been, um, I've won or settled lawsuits before for very little money, and I almost died for yeah. the reason that I settled the lawsuit, yeah. and it wasn't that much money. Yeah. Millions in a lawsuit is nothing to yeah, shake and, your head and at. so this this is be this will be the last thing I tell you about the story is that um, whenever uh, how funny it would be if we just cut it right there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, that was actually too intense. Like we can't share it with you. It, I think that's a pretty decent point that he's making right now. That they were offered millions of dollars. This would be back in the nineties, mm-hmm. and they still turned it down. Yeah, yeah, out of fear. Because if his dad was like making this up to be mysterious and everything, I mean, end of the day, like, what's your priority? If the CIA wants you to seem like you were involved, then you better make it seem like you were involved, right? Or you're done. Yeah. yeah. All right, moving on. Psych. part was it oh yeah whenever they were gonna move lee harvey oswald so there's pictures of my dad my dad actually uh no no whenever he got killed before he was killed yeah okay so my dad ended up being one of jack ruby's uh personal bodyguards during the trial um so like all the newspapers of jack ruby going to and from the courthouse my dad is with him no he's always standing with him with jack ruby but whenever uh they were trying to get ready to move so so the way our justice system works is Police arrest you, but only a sheriff can can. They're the ones that actually book you. So that's why the sheriffs run the county jails, all that, because they're elected officials. They're the ones that actually arrest you, or that actually book you. So they're getting ready to move 
Lee Harvey Oswald from the jail the to the county to the to the sheriff's department for booking and that's when he got shot so my dad and sheriff decker are trying to make arrangements to move him mm-hmm. um and that's when the dallas police chief is like we're taking him right out through the public we're gonna let anybody in we're not gonna do anything and they're like you can't do that like he is going to get killed like we can't do a a public walk like so they're bringing a they said they brought an armor truck to move him in because they were worried you know um that they weren't gonna you know get him to the jail alive yeah, sure. or to the the uh, county jail alive wow so <laughs> yeah and and they had already warned him of this they warned the dallas police chief and he's like no i am doing this this is what we are doing yeah and um he said they argued back and forth about it and so they were going to walk him out and go up this ramp, but the big truck couldn't fit into into downstairs, so they had to walk him like pretty far. Yeah, and that's when he got shot. But he's like, he's like, we literally told him you cannot do this; that this is going to end bad. Yeah, and that's how it ended. So my dad, the way my dad tells it is, you know, why would someone ever do this? This is not right. protocol. This is someone who's being accused of killing the president of the United States, right. and you're a just beloved gonna, president. Yeah, and and like while they Donald were, Trump, they could have just like let him walk on his own. Yeah, <laughs> and then walk and then, down to the yeah. courthouse, uh, three blocks <laughs> in there, right? That was, and then out. and then like while he was in um, custody of the police, they were like walking him back and forth in front of the reporters and the public, like from his cell, <laughs> from the cell to the like fair shooting galleries. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Like from the cell to the, to the interrogation Where room. This, uh, like, t-shirt with his, his target. Yeah. So I, like, like, I guess there were people like yelling at him and stuff while he was walking back and forth from interrogation to his cell, interrogation to cell. Wow. Like was it was in his mind. And, and so my dad was just like, there's, it makes zero sense. Yeah. Like it makes zero sense. But my dad definitely said the, the shot he heard came from the grassy knoll. What a trip. What a trip. Yep. So um, let's look at the results of our poll. Okay. So we asked. So just to reset this up again, when we talked to Doug, and that spurred the conversation, and I've never, I like to go deep on some Spoiler alerts, mm-hmm. as we call them. <laughs> I was like, uh, the JFK, there's just so many people that have done it so much better because it's been such a, it's like one of the OG conspiracy theories. It's mainstream now. Right. Yeah, right. I mean, the truth is more mainstream than the lie, I would say. Yeah. And so. Um, that's going to make a difference. No one cares. Yeah. And I've just never really, I, I always, I kind of run this, uh, I like looking at historical patterns because they play out over and over in the same way. So. But I'm more um, interested in, like, what's going on, like, right now. Mm-hmm. So I've never done, like, huge deep dives on the JFK thing. Now, after hearing that from Doug, I did do, like, a bunch of research. And so after that, uh, point being, like, wonder what the – I always feel like that we come up with things that end up being true, but when we bring them up, you know, it's six months beforehand – that you you get people like rolling their eyes and sure. and kind of like oh God, here you go again you're like yeah you, you see that thing was true the you know vaccines only <laughs> has a twelve percent efficacy rate and it's not safe and now we're saying like you see these uh, heart attacks and clots like are you looking at these excess death rates at all you know what I mean mm-hmm. which is that's what's coming down the road I mean it's already happening now but those same normie people will be like. 
well, you know, the climate's changing, you know, and this is what happens. So point being is like when you talk about the JFK stuff is you start diving into like all these like uh, what alternative kind of theories of what would go on. Yeah. And the more you look into it, like there's a lot of like very like irrefutable facts that you see. Yes. And so the first thing that we decided to do is to reach out to uh, just our social circle, our extended social circle. Like, we Yeah. We, I want to know like, obviously if we asked our closest friends, they yeah. would probably say the same thing that we would say. So we, right. we made an effort to reach out to all, all four of us, people that we hadn't <laughs> talked to in a while yeah. or family members or people that aren't, aligned with us on in fact i i racked my brain more to try to think of who i could possibly reach out to that yeah me doesn't too. think like me yeah so we got kind of a you know i know it's not a scientific poll but yeah. still a little bit more balanced kind of results it's, it's our version of a uh an, an aggregate poll of our social circle uh the question being who do you think killed jfk it's like i don't i don't want an ex- explanation i'm not gonna like argue with you like i just like off the top of your head, like, who do you think killed JFK? Right. All right. So how are we looking? Are you ready for the results? Yes. Okay. Uh, and your your results are not included right. in these numbers, but uh, I think they probably reflected the same yeah. uh, number. So out of the 27 people that were asked, uh, 17.5 answered the CIA uh-huh. or the government. Okay. Which is what you and I obviously both think. Um, let's see. What's the? I'm one level there? above the CIA because I think the CIA got marching orders from someone else. But go on. Okay, we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, sixty-five uh, percent of respondents said uh, the CIA. Okay. Uh, then we got Lee Harvey Oswald second place. Really? Uh-huh. With three votes. Interesting. Yes. And I respect someone that answers Lee Harvey Oswald because... Because they're just blissfully... They're just like... Sleepwalking through life. Yeah. I'm just going uh, I'm going with the, the middle-of-the-road conservative answer. On yeah, I'll take that shot. Free donut? That sounds good to me. We Well, we got plenty of people who avoided the question altogether. At least these people answer. Which is way more interesting. Totally. I, I have more respect for the person that goes, nah, I think Lee Harvey Oswald did it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, let's see. So that was uh, number two. Number three, with two and a half votes, we got Jimmy Hoffa and the mob. That one is, that was one. Okay. What I believe, the Jimmy Hoffa thing is kind of new. And I think I have seen that movie. Ah, who knows? Whatever. But um, the CIA and the mob were almost pretty synchronous back in the day. That stemmed from Cuba. And the, the CIA and the mob started, like, they kind of integrated their networks, working into Cuba. And after Cuba, we get into the JFK assassination. So I think there's a, quite a bit of overlap between... Now, Jimmy Hoffa was kind of a new one to me, because you texted that to me. I was like, Jimmy Hoffa? Like that's well, the Kennedys were pissing off the mob. There's right. no doubt about that. Yeah. Bobby Kennedy had the commission on organized crime. Yeah. In fact, they had a meeting, I guess, the morning before he was assassinated. Yeah. And um, this this is the perfect illustration of we talked about. This is this might have been even like a year ago when we talk about the notion of the deep state. Like, right. What is a deep state? It's something that 
you guys are fixated on red team versus blue team, uh, Biden, Trump, you know, fucking Bush, uh, Obama, whatever. Right. There's this level above of the people that actually make these decisions. And That's it, what the deep state is. I, I think when we say that and people hear it, a lot of times they think, oh, you mean like it's this organization called Deep State Org, and they have badges that say Deep State. Right. Um, it's like, no, it's just the unelected people who are actually doing things terrible things mostly we're running a mob deep state pledge drive again this year if you call it now <laughs> exactly <laughs> would you like to join the deep state get your windbreak deep state windbreaker uh so then we get into basically the people that were skirting the question yes and this doesn't include people who didn't answer by the way because if you didn't answer maybe you just didn't get my text so i couldn't include those i am including- my mom didn't answer <laughs> at all okay like she just didn't respond i'm including the people that didn't respond and who's skirting the question because it's people that usually uh get back to me right away yeah okay uh well i didn't and uh it's hard to know if uh if jake did either so i got one vote for trump uh hard to do the math on that timeline okay but it's possible <laughs> is it i believe he was alive in 1963 yeah um, Obama, one vote. Okay. That one's tougher. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, I got one, uh, Hillary Clinton. I got one Hillary myself. Oh, maybe I have that from you, actually. Yeah. Actually, no, this is Hillary Clinton's mom. Hmm. <laughs> and then one, uh, just straight up, uh, skirting the, uh, the question by saying there are, uh, hungry children in America. <laughs> <laughs> Bless your soul. Uh, dude, uh, the, uh, the people that do things like this, when you want to talk about ideas, you're like, I'm just, I'm, I'm intellectually curious. I'm serious about this. Like, what do, you, what do you think about this? Who killed JFK? I don't know. If you had to come up with someone. Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't, they refuse to answer the question. Oh, I also, I didn't put it in here, but I got two um, gunmen responses. I got one gunman responses. Yeah. Uh, a gunman response. Um, Which is not true. I mean, how could you? One gunman? Really? A gunman? Come on. Back and to the left. <laughs> Back and to the left. Um, I had the vast majority of my responses were the CIA. I got one Hillary. Um, I got three skirting the questions. Okay. Yeah. Even my mom just wrote back CIA. Oh, I know. I, I some people surprised yeah. me with how quickly they just wrote CIA. Yeah. One word answer. CIA. But then like someone my age goes like I'm not, I refuse I'm not going to talk about this with you. Like this is a wild conspiracy theory. And I And that was more interesting. I I'm more interested in that psychology than who actually killed JFK, mm-hmm. which we know who which I think I know who <laughs> killed JFK. I mean, I have my best obvious. guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. That is kind of, that is interesting. And I, I goes back to what I was saying earlier that had someone besides you or me asked that same person, that same question, they probably would have given a response Yeah, an answer would have come up, but because they just think like, Oh, what are you guys angling at? What is your, what's your motive here? Yeah. I'm not going to give into that. You know, whatever you're yeah. trying to do, I'm not going to play along. I'm a zero out of 40. I'm a zero. <laughs> right. <laughs> Referencing the uh, conspiracy, conspiracy theories that we had. Okay. Now, 
Now we do the fun part to wrap it up. Why they killed him? Yeah. Okay. What's your guess? Um, I tend to agree with uh, the book Crossfire that was uh, what Oliver Stone sourced for the movie. Mm-hmm. So can I just play the... Sure. This is... This, I've shortened this if it sounds at all clunky. It's because I edited it, but just for time. I didn't change anything that he said. But here are the <laughs> 75 reasons that <laughs> this guy thinks uh, JFK was, was murdered. It's not that many, actually. But uh, I think you and I, when we talked about it, we both agreed that there was more than one reason. Uh, I didn't at first. And then after I talked to you, I'm like, yeah, I'd give that to you because... Well, one great thing about it is that, like we were saying about the deep state, there is no deepstate.org. Yeah. Right? And so it's great. If, you are, if you're in the business of business and you, the president's in your way, but you're the only one who is bothered by his policies and he gets killed, it's pretty obvious who did it. Right. But if everyone's pissed off at him yeah. and no one can actually be blamed and there is the only person that can actually be blamed is the person that pulled the trigger because so many different groups were involved and nobody knows who's in charge and everyone's just doing what their higher-ups told them to do, it makes it a lot easier yeah. to get away with it. And speaking of getting away with it, actually, uh, one of the best responses I got to that um, poll was from a person who hopefully will be on the podcast next week. Mm-hmm. Um, they said, they, it was a really long response, but they essentially said, like, how is it possible that it's somewhere between, yes, it was a CIA plot or, um, and it was crazy people. Like, he's not denying that there was a conspiracy, mm-hmm. but he doesn't believe necessarily that it was, like, the CIA who got together and said, let's do this, right? And which kind of makes sense to me because I don't think it was just one group either. And we'll get into that when we talk about all the reasons why I think he was killed. But that being said, I totally agree with his objections, which were mainly around how do you get so many people to keep a secret and not make any mistakes? Humans aren't good at doing that, Mm -hmm. right? Even, I mean, look at the elites that we have running things right now. They suck at everything, right? And when you look at what happened with JFK murder, they did make a lot of mistakes. They didn't keep secrets. Yeah. And they still were able to squash all that stuff when it came up. I mean, the, the magic bullet that ended up on a gurney, not even JFK's gurney, a gurney in the hospital right. in pristine form and yet had bounced all around in that car, made seven wounds, left fragments of bullet in Con- Senator Connolly, yeah. which don't happen to be missing from the actual bullet. They fucked up. Yeah. That's a fuck up. Yeah. Yes, you're right. And when you, when you look at those simple facts is to go back to Charlie Robinson brought the good point and goes, you know, if my... My wife was out of town, and she comes home, and I'm doing something nefarious. And she goes, what would you do Saturday? And I go, like, uh, I went to Corey's Burgers and had dinner with Tim. And then me and Tim went and saw a movie. And after a movie, uh, we went and had a drink here. And the next morning, we played golf, blah, blah, blah. And the beginning of my story is that my wife knows that Corey's Burgers closed down, is no longer in business, right? And, but she doesn't know that I don't know that. Is like now she goes. Your whole story is probably bullshit. Mm-hmm. He's all you apply this model, and I think this is the difference between the people with no internal dialogue. <laughs> it's like once you realize that there is fuckery, it's like well now I have to question everything that you're telling me. COVID vaccine, 
COVID Everything. lockdowns. You said if we gave you more money, Iraq the kids war. would get smarter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here is the book Crossfire explaining why Kennedy was killed. Now, why would they want to get rid of the chief executive? Because John F. Kennedy was shaking up the status quo. To begin with, he forced the steel manufacturers to roll back their price increases that they promised they were not going to do, and they did anyway. Uh, and he went on television and said, this is not right. And the public got with him, and they forced the steel manufacturers to roll back their prices. His brother, Attorney General Robert Kennedy, was prosecuting organized crime as never before or since. President Kennedy uh, also was trying to put a stop to the CIA and the military making raids on Cuba. In fact, in the spring of 1962, the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff approved a plan called Operation Northwoods. And this horrendous plan called for Thank assassinating you. American citizens in some of our cities, setting off bombs in major American cities, hijacking planes and ships, and blaming it all on Castro so they could stir up support for another invasion of Cuba. Uh, Kennedy and Khrushchev were actually working to try to end the Cold War, which did not set well with the military uh, bases in either country. Kennedy may have also sealed his fate when he talked about doing away with the oil depletion allowance, which was a, a, the bedrock of Texas oil money. Got all the oil and gas people mad at him, the mafia's mad at him, the military's mad at him. And then in the summer of 1963, he ordered $4.2 billion of interest-free money issued through the Treasury Department, not the interest-bearing Federal Reserve System, uh, thus becoming the second president in American history to try to issue money that was free of interest from the international bankers. The first president being Abraham Lincoln, who printed his own greenbacks to uh, finance what the war between again? states. And I, for one, do not feel like that it was just sheer coincidence that both of those presidents were shot in the head in public. Oh, yeah, that's One right. thing that definitely changed with the death of John F. Kennedy was our involvement in Vietnam. So Kennedy was going to disengage us from Vietnam. No Vietnam War. Just three days after his assassination, then-President Lyndon Johnson issued this National Security Action Memorandum, number 273, saying we're not going to drop the financial or the military aid to South Vietnam. So in other words, this stopped these pullout orders. The most fascinating thing appears here in this document, which uh, was taken from the LBJ uh, Library in Austin, Texas. This is the draft of Johnson's National Security Act Action Memorandum 273, which blocked Kennedy's pullout order and set us on a course for full-time involvement in Vietnam. And what you notice is, is that this draft was written on November the 21st. 1963, the day before Kennedy went to Dallas and was assassinated. How do you like that? Written the day before. The yep. denying the pullout order that Kennedy had ordered was written the day before he was killed. The one thing I think they left off that list, although I agree with you now that we, the more that we've talked about this over the last week, is that I think there was just so many things that are like, all right, he's pissed off so many people. Yeah, like, he's got to go. He's got to go. 
but he did miss out that. He's asking for it. That the uh, have you heard of the Demona power plant? No. The Demona power plant was smuggling uh, enriched uranium to Israel at that time. Israel still to this day, but back then was very integrated into our government. This is like the whole Zionist argument that you hear about. Mm -hmm. And if you think this is a conspiracy theory, Time Magazine did a giant article on this. I'm saying like, ah, we got a problem here. Like they're smuggling enriched uranium out to uh, Israel. And Candy put a stop to that and was on record saying like, we can't trust these people, Israel, at the point. Like we can't trust these people. We can't. So there is also another working theory that the Mossad out of Israel said like, he's got to go. Yeah. Well, I mean. they were developing a nuclear weapons program. He was literally asking for it. You piss off that many different groups, you're going to get it. And let that be a lesson to anyone who thinks that they're going to re- reform the system. Uh-uh, so not on our watch. So I found something pretty interesting because there wasn't one shooter, but who, like if you are a wild conspiracy theorist, what is generally understood as the guy who pulled the trigger? Do you know the name? Uh, Woody Harrelson's dad? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's a, there's a name. You're saying not Lee, Ar- Lee Harvey Oswald, the, the Jack Valente. Oh really? Yeah, Jack Valente. He was CIA on the grassy knoll. Yeah, it was okay. was all as uh, the, the more I read into it, Jack Valente was considered to be CIA, the guy working on the grassy knoll. Um, there were several rifles, including the hobos that we talked about, that were mm-hmm. taken apart, sh- shoved to other guys. You know what I mean? And sure. everyone, you know, and then you know, arrested, let go promptly, and then. Um, you do some digging on Jack Valente. Do you want to guess who, because who became president afterwards was Johnson, mm-hmm. Lyndon B. Johnson, who his main uh, political advisor was? Who, uh, Johnson's? Yeah. Um, I can't guess, no. I'll give you a hint. Okay. It rhymes with Jack Valente. <laughs> Was it Jack Valente? Jack Valente. Nice. Yes. And at that time, uh, Johnson was on uh, Air Force One, and they have, like, press on there. There was an Air Force One back then. And so the guy that actually killed Kennedy was also... Lyndon B. Johnson's. Lyndon Johnson's one political of his advisor. confidants and political advisors. And he was on... There seems a little too... And short unless it's two guys with the same name. <laughs> And the um, there's press on record saying, because they're on Air Force One, because they're on this press tour, like he just became president. And they're on record saying, like, eh, it's generally understood if you want to talk to Johnson, it has to go through Jack Valente. Okay. Well, you know, like where he came from or, or like what his background is or whatever, but that's definitely the guy. He filtered everything that went through Johnson. Did a dig on Jack Valente. Mm-hmm. This is, it gets really interesting. He then became head of the, the RI, God dang it, what's it called? The RIAA, which was the Recording Industry Association of America. So he was the president of just everything audio. You know? All records being put out. Really? Yeah. And then, this is because now we're tying it into my lifetime, he was the guy that start one of the guys. Do you remember Tipper Gore? Please lead to Tom Cochran. Go, <laughs> go! <laughs> no, no, you just, you just buckle up there, Buster Brown. <laughs> We're almost there. <laughs> Is 
Remember Tipper Gore, Al Gore's uh-huh. wife, and the PMRC, yeah. the Parents Music Resource Center? Yeah. Jack Valente is the guy that started the PMRC. Interesting. Yes. I was, you know, at, at first glance. So the same guy that fucking shot Kennedy was also <laughs> trying to ban metal albums I was trying to buy in the 80s. What a this dick. That's why my parents would like buy the fucking Slayer album that I wanted because I had a stupid sticker on it. I fucking hate that Jack yes. Valente. I'm saying it affects us too. That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> yes, because not only did he create a coup against our government, but he also banned your favorite music. God, what an asshole. Um, I was going to say, my initial thought is that, uh, there's just no way, right? Yeah. How would the guy, why would the guy that was also the, this higher up, this, you know, connected political advisor to Johnson risk being the one pulling the trigger? Well, this is, but hold on, hold on. Okay. okay. I don't need you to answer it for me. Um, it was rhetorical. How was your day? It's fucking rhetorical. (laughs) I don't want to know how your day went. (laughs) (laughs) But we also asked that same question, like, how could so many people keep things a secret? Mm-hmm. Well, if you eliminate the number of people that need to keep it a secret, and Jack Valente happened to be a fucking dead-eye mm-hmm. shot, mm-hmm. then he should take the shot so that it's just one less person to have to off you, down the road. You also have to, uh, according to a couple different podcasts I listen to, we have to take into account that they... The way that we benefit from technology and archiving that we have available, like for anyone right now, which was yeah. not available in Did not exist. Yeah. There was Just no like, such thing. You read the newspaper, you're like, that's what happened. We should go to Vietnam or whatever it is. Like, oh, it looks like. Well, there weren't cameras on the streets. Yeah. There wasn't yeah, uh, no technology. We had cell phones. Yeah. We didn't have the system of archiving that we have right now. We didn't yeah. have the communication. We didn't have. Uh, we had the. We, didn't, we definitely didn't have a free press. We had the Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. <laughs> which is good. I, we, it was great. Yeah. But I, I thumbed back through the. book reports. <laughs> totally. <laughs> So now we are, we have this very bizarre kind of perspective of hindsight with all this technology where we can go back and look at all these things. We can see that Saddam didn't have WMDs, that, you know, we were lied into Vietnam, we were lied into Syria, we were lied into Yemen. You know, there's like a, like a variety of questions to be asked about 9-11, a variety of questions to be asked about, asked about JFK. And almost like every historical event that we have. It's pretty interesting. Absolutely. All around the world.